1: Be a light, not a judge. Be a model, model, not a critic. If you're like me, constantly working to design a life that will allow you to reach your fullest potential so that you can leave your mark on this planet, then you're in the right place. I'm glad to have you on this journey and hope you enjoy this episode of Inside Out. I am so excited about our guest today. You know, every now and then you meet somebody that changes your life. That's what happened when I met the guest that I'm going to share with you today. She's an energy expert, specifically an energy expert in the world of feminine and masculine energy and understanding how to leverage these two energies in our life, how to lead a balanced and confident life, one that will allow you to do anything you want. When you have that discipline, when you have that passion in your life, you can achieve anything, but it starts with your mind. And today we're going to learn how she did it. The interesting thing about the guest that I'm going to share with you today is that her expertise, it actually came from years of insecurity and shyness and feeling unrefined. It took her understanding how to harness a secret power that laid dormant within her, which was her femininity. And she not only figured that out, but she also learned how to harness her masculine energy to succeed at everything that she does. I am so floored by the talent this human being has. And I'm so excited to share it with you today. Please give a warm welcome to Kat Shanu. What's up, Kat?
0: Hey, Billy. Boy, am I excited. Oh my gosh, the energy in here is just so fantastic.
1: So let's dive straight in. So these are some topics that are really fun to talk about. You and I have had in-depth conversations and I've been able to learn and listen because you really have a way of touching people at a heart level. So one of the things that I know you really have figured out, you've cracked a code in this word of seduction. And I want to talk about seduction as it ties into marketing. How do these two things interplay together? And why is seduction such an important part of marketing?
0: Well, Billy, I love that we're starting here. I think Often when people think of seduction, they think that it's all about sex. It's like, okay, I have to look like a Victoria's Secret model and then that's how I'm gonna get what I want. And what I'm really passionate about, and this is what really changed the game for me. Cause you mentioned that I was like the outsider girl. I spent a lot of time studying people. And what I realized was that there was people in this world who were engaging, who were charismatic, who inspired devotion in others. And it had nothing to do with external beauty, et cetera. And it had everything to do with their personality and who they were inside. And so those same things that those people did, I realized could be done on social media. So seduction really, in essence, particularly when it comes to marketing, is about being able to give people a little bit of what they want slowly in a way that just takes their breath away, right? The biggest thing I love about when we apply seduction to marketing is that people think it was their idea. So one of the things that I love about seductive brands is that that we gravitate towards them and we move towards them in a way that we think, oh, I'm the one who really wants this. And it doesn't ever look like this person is trying to sell you or capture you. If you think of someone in your life who you find very seductive or even a brand who you really admire, most likely that's a brand where you don't feel like they're constantly selling you but you really resonate with them and you really connect with them. So one of the key things for seductive marketing is that we have to make people think all of this desire to work with us or to purchase from us is their idea. And how do we do that? Well, we build a world of luxury, spectacle, and pleasure while at the same time, exposing what's wrong in their life. So when we expose what's wrong in their life and in simple marketing terms, this is about understanding and exposing their pain points, but we are just existing. What we're doing in just existing, quote unquote, is that we're offering ourselves up as a solution to their problem. And what you'll end up finding is that whether it's on Instagram or through your campaigns, people start reaching out to you and they're saying, oh my gosh, it's like you just read my mind. Please, can I work with you? They're coming from a place of gratitude where you're the authority rather than the other way around.
1: For those who don't know, like just look at Kat's incredible presence on Instagram. You need to look no further than there. And then couple that with what you've been able to accomplish here and build your community here. I know one of the reasons that you've had the success that you've had is that your audience feels heard when you speak. They don't feel like it's not speaking to them. And because of that, they feel this connection. And I mentioned this as I did the intro. You've really created fiercely loyal super fans, which I think we all want to do. If we're in anything that would be in the realm of of wanting fans, we want them to be super fans. So how do we speak to our audience so that they really feel heard?
0: Okay, now now you're getting me excited. This is where I think the opportunity to build connection and intimacy, like just go so high. And I love to give practical examples as well. So I'm gonna show you how I do this on Instagram. I'm gonna walk through it together. But the first thing that you need to do, and we hear this all the time, but if people really don't understand how important this is, is that you need to understand what hurts. Like you need to understand for your audience where they are right now, And what's not making them happy, but in a way that they don't talk about it. So I love to use this analogy. It can relate to anyone. Imagine you're selling a lawnmower. Most people will come and they're like, okay, if you're going to buy this lawnmower, uh, when you buy a lawnmower, your braids of grass are going to be so sharply cut, the grass is going to be perfectly moisturized, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not really seductive. That's not what people are buying. And that's not going to speak to your audience in a way where they feel like, oh my gosh, you get me. If instead you understand that their pain, why the hell would they even want to cut their grass in the first place? Well, maybe they have the ugliest lawn in their neighborhood. Or maybe their desire is to be seen as the best and they want to have the most beautiful lawn in their neighborhood if you speak to them rather from the technicalities of sharp blades of grass, but you speak to them to the desire of, I know where you are right now. You're just sick and tired. You leave your house in the morning and you're nervously glancing over your shoulders because you're embarrassed at how tall your grass is compared to your neighbors. Or you're inviting people over for dinners and you want to have the house that stands out the best so that the front of your house can match the spectacle inside of your house. While when you buy our lawnmower, you're gonna have the most beautiful lawn in your neighborhood. And people are gonna be walking past and they're gonna be staring at your house. That sounds a lot more seductive than sharp blades of grass, right? So whenever I'm I'm coaching people. I'm always teaching them what you need to understand the experience, the pain, but speak on an emotional level, on a level of desire. And that's where the seduction comes in. And I want to show you how I do this on Instagram. So on my highlights, you're going to see one that says start here. So by the way, one of the really, really important things for speaking to your audience in a way that they feel heard is that you have to capture their attention. You could have the most perfect branding and the most perfect messaging in the world. But if you can't stand out above the noise, it's absolutely meaningless. And they typically say it takes less than six seconds to form a first impression. So we have six seconds to grab their attention. An example of this is, let's say you go on Instagram Live and you're speaking to your audience and you're going to re-upload this. Think of how most people start their Instagram Live hey guys thanks for coming in it's so great to have you here now if you're not thinking about the experience of your audience who's watching this re-uploaded understand that they're judging the first 15 seconds of that video as to whether or not they should listen so if they're hearing you even at the time maybe no one was in the room on the instagram live and you're just introducing yourself asking people what city they're in that's boring but if you, when you're doing your Instagram live, even if there's zero people, you start off like this and you say, Hey guys. Okay. So in today's live, we're going to be talking about six things that make you more charismatic. You instantly let them know what the agenda is and you have their attention. You're standing out compared to everyone else. So that's about standing out, but let's talk about seduction. So if you click on my highlights, start here, you'll see the this actually is a game that I did with my audience. And I'm getting them to basically answer these questions. So I'm helping them with their femininity. But when I was doing a room on Clubhouse, what I told them is, hey guys, I didn't say to them the following. Hey guys, we're going to do a poll on Instagram and then I'm going to understand what makes you interesting so I can market to you my perfect offer. No. (laughs) What I said to them was like, hey guys, do you want to play a game with me? And of course they're going to say, yes, that sounds so fun, right? So, okay, head over to my Instagram stories and we're going to play this game together because I'm so excited to find out your personality type. And so as they're going through the story, I'm basically asking them questions, right? So for example, one of the things I ask them is, I want to channel this kind of feminine energy, A, Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy Dandridge, or B, Beyonce and Rihanna. And they have to tap A or B. Now the reason why I'm doing this where they're picking A or B, for us marketers, A and B is tied to one product, and another service right so two different things but to them a and b is their personality type so if you go through that thing you'll see at the end i reveal to them if you picked mostly a's here's what that reveals about you if you pick mostly b's here's what that reveals about you and i get them to confirm they say yes because getting people to say yes is important but then very cleverly What I do in a way that really speaks to them is I say, So you're someone who wants to learn the following, blah, 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 blah. You see the example in the story. And now in their head, they're like, Yeah, Kat, I want to learn this. And at the very end, I'm like, Okay, well, you know, since you brought it up that you want to learn how to be more feminine and ambitious, et cetera, you know, I actually have this group coaching program that covers and I list exactly what they said about their personality type in a different way. This was game changing for me. When I did this, my group coaching program sold out and the number of DMs I was getting from people asking what service or product was right from them was significantly decreased. But what was increased was the number of people who were messaging me saying, Kat, it's like you're reading my mind. It's like you're reading my diary. And the reason I give that example is it ties into everything we've just discussed, making people think it was their idea, being playful, giving people a little bit of what they want, which is the intrigue, the mystery about, oh, what kind of personality do I have? But seduction is about giving people value in a way that you get value back. And the value that I got back was sales on my group coaching program.
1: I love that story. It's just a testament to you. And for those who are unfamiliar with the fem Guide, I mean, you've literally taught hundreds upon hundreds of women how to balance masculine and feminine energy. And as a result, helping them become, so beautifully put it, unforgettably irresistible and charismatic and confident. And you deliver results. And I want to talk about feminine versus masculine traits. I think some of us may know what we're talking about here, and some may think, I want to know a bit more. So can we talk a little bit about how feminine and masculine traits interplay when you're building a brand on social media? Why you have to think about not just one, but both of them?
0: Yes, that's such a good question, Billy. And I think often when people hear feminine and masculine, they think about it in terms of genders. But what's really important to understand is even from a gender point of view, both genders have both energies. And so when I look at femininity and masculinity, I'm looking at it in terms of a place of traits. Uh, the masculinity provides the structure, it's the authority And the femininity provides the understanding, the the ability in marketing for people to feel like they can come and talk to you. And then the masculine is, oh, you're the authority in this niche. And so whether you are man, woman, however you identify, and more in particular, whatever brand you have, being able to bring in the masculine and the feminine is very advantageous. So for example, one of the feminine traits is intuition. So how the hell does intuition relate to marketing? Well, it's being able to understand what is not being said that's being felt. So I'd I'd use this at the very, very beginning when I was building the Fem Guide, and this is what helped us become the most recognized in literally less than a year. And it was because even though I only had like 100 or 200 followers in the beginning, one of the things that I did that was very helpful was I looked at the space and i asked okay what is currently being provided that i really love right that i really enjoy and this is me tapping into my empathy which is another feminine energy trait so what do i really enjoy and then i'm also looking at what do i dislike so when i'm going online or when i'm having experience where i'm seeing an ad where i'm seeing someone promoting their products What makes me go, oh, I don't don't know if I'll like this. (laughs) And I take note of that. But the biggest piece that made a massive difference was I said, okay, what do people really need? What does my audience really want that no one is talking about, that no one is providing? And in my space, here's what that looked like. Everyone was talking about femininity from a place of beauty and knowing the difference between a dessert fork and a salad fork. No one was talking about how femininity can help you get a raise or how femininity helps you move up in your social circle, et cetera. So I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to provide. But I spoke about it in a way where I'm looking at what are the objections that people are having? So maybe people think femininity is just a way, the femininity movement, is just a way to capitalize on women's insecurities. So in my content, I was using my intuition to pick up on that, but I used my masculine energy, which is the authority, right? Showing up with confidence, providing structure and saying, no, listen, this is what feminine energy actually does. So in essence, it's it's important for me to explain this. Sometimes people think, okay, I'm going to turn my feminine energy on and my masculine energy off, et cetera. No, they are present at both times. It's kind of like a dial. At some point we dial up the feminine energy and at some point we dial up the masculine energy.
1: So give us a couple more examples or, of traits. So I, I want to break this down a bit more because I think it's really important. And then, and then I have a, a juicy question for you, which I can't wait for you to get into. What if you had to start from ground zero? What if you had to do it all over again? So let's do the traits and just a few more traits if we're thinking about masculine energy, feminine energy, because you're right, they both exist and you're not going to turn one all the way off and turn one all the way on. They they exist at the same time. So what are some other examples? And then uh, we'll get into this question about what if you had to start all over and build your community from the ground up, what would you do?
0: Oh, that's a juicy one. Okay, so let's start with the first bit on some more examples. So the masculine energy is going to appeal to being action-oriented. So it's about, for example, in the motivational uh, sense of your marketing, you can achieve this, make sure you're holding yourself accountable those types of messaging. About achieving goals, let's do, 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 do. It's also, you can bring in the ambitious element, like it's important to succeed. That's a part of that masculine energy. Another example is even being like courageous or self-assured, protective. I'm protective, very protective of my community. I'm a feminine energy coach, but I use my masculine energy to protect them and make sure they're getting the right messaging. And then the, the feminine side, for example, could be the compassion, right? Being sympathetic. A great example of this, someone comments under your fantastic piece of marketing oh this is so wrong this doesn't make any sense right in that moment it may not be best to bring in your masculine energy and tell them to f off right what may be best is bringing your feminine energy and actually using that as a moment to educate them and being caring and being kind if that person changes their mind we don't actually give a crap But what I do give a crap about is in those moments, what it's showing about me and my brand. And also I'm using that as in the moment to educate my community at the same time because they do read our comments. They do look at the controversial stuff. And if we can educate in those moments, we show up as an authority even more. It's also the creative side. So your masculine energy side is gonna be on just executing. But your feminine energy side is going to be on creating. So having those moments where you pull yourself back and that um, Instagram story was a perfect example. How can I do something that's not currently being done right now? No one's playing games on their Instagram story. So that was creative. So that's like the balance between the two. And I'm sure if anyone's listening in right now, they can understand how they need all of those things, not just... Um, the masculine side or not just the feminine
1: side. Let me just, before you go into answering the second part of the question, because I think this is really important, now that we have a framework of understanding some of the traits that exist within masculine energy and feminine energy, what do we do next? Like, how do we then allow uh, the knowledge and understanding and awareness of these things How do we allow it to show up and I guess get as tactical or specific as you can, whether that be in social media, in business, in life? How do we allow the knowledge of the energy to inform the decisions we make and how we show up in any of those areas?
0: That's a really good one. And when I think about that, it can really play a big part in how you speak to your audience. So let's say, for example, on Instagram, you're someone who shows up Actually, I'm going to talk about it in front of the scenes and behind the scenes. So front of the scenes, you're showing up on your Instagram story because there's good and bad sides to both, by the way. Where your feminine energy could lead you wrong is that you're going to be overly critical of yourself or you're going to be flaky, so you're not showing up against This is a really big one talking from experience. You're not showing up consistently as you need to, because you're just going with the flow, because the feminine energy is about flow. So in that moment, using your masculine energy and being consistent and disciplined with yourself is important. But even when it comes to speaking to your audience, I'm a big believer in having personal conversations with our community, no matter how big your brand is. So no matter how big The fem Guide keeps growing, I still have conversations in the DMs or even in my Instagram stories with people. Important for you to understand though, when someone needs your masculine energy and when someone needs your feminine energy. A great example of this was I was having a conversation and someone with the DMs and I was trying to enroll her into one of my courses. And she was coming out with like, oh, um, these are all the fears that she was having. And I literally had two people in the exact same scenario. going to pull out for a second. Previously, I'd had conversations with them, and I was trying to pay attention to what kind of energy speaks to this person the best. So person number one, these objections she's having, I don't think I can do it. What if this isn't authentically me? I knew that she was someone who was deep in her feminine energy so she was going with the flow, I had to tap into my authority and push her and coach her and kind of like be tough on her. And if you're someone who kind of shies away from that, here's a way that you can bring it in. I call myself coach cat. So if I need to bring in my masculine energy with someone and be authoritative and sometimes just be a little bit critical even though it might hurt i say hey you know what coach cat is gonna come out is that okay I, my audience loves it they're like yes you know rip me to pieces tell me what i need <laughs> so that's when i bring out coach cat is that masculine energy that says this is a problem you're having and you're just making bs excuses right now but i tell you this other potential client who i was speaking to at the same time she was very much in her masculine energy meaning she was very goal-driven, very success-oriented, etc. If I'd come at her with that energy, she would have responded with combat because she was very much in her masculine energy. So if I use masculine energy to speak to her, now it's a competition. Now it's, oh, I, I actually know, Kat, you're not right. I am X, Y, and Z, right? So I had to tap into my feminine energy and speak to her and kind of, in a way, let her lead the conversation, but go from a place of, let's talk about the deep stuff, right? Let's talk about the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. And she ended up really, really opening up. And because of that, because I used that feminine energy to create the space of, we're gonna get deep and vulnerable, I was able to make the sale for both. But the reason why I bring these two analogies together is because if with the first goal I'd gone deep and open, we would have never gotten anywhere. She needed to be pushed. If we'd gotten deep and open, we would have just had a crying session together. (laughs) I never actually made the sale. She needed that push.
1: Love, love, love the two stories. And I think it's important to make that distinction because you don't handle two very unique situations the same exact way. You got to handle them according to the situation. And every situation is as unique as the individuals involved in the situation so let's get to that juicy question now. So you've built this community and I know you have raving fans because I'm personally observing it. You and I work very closely together I Have for the last seven months. have been on this platform uh, almost daily and I've learned so much from you and I've observed the connection that you build with the people who you speak to and they feel a, just a tremendous amount of love and passion for the work you do and how you empower their lives. What if you had to start all over from scratch and you didn't have anything? If you were just starting today, but you had all the knowledge that you have, what would you do to build your community?
0: Oh my gosh, (laughs) this is a really good one. I think I would break it down into two or three things one is going to be conceptual and i'll keep the other two practical so i'll start off with the conceptual and that is understanding my brand archetype i know now if i had done this at the very beginning of building my brand it would have been like just a super rocket fuel for the trajectory of where we began it's i can't stress enough how important it is understanding your brand archetype by the way if you want to learn more about this you can go to iconicfox.com and you'll see all the different brand archetypes it's kind of like within seduction there's archetypes right there's the coquette the dandy the ruler etc within branding and marketing, the best brands can all be tied to a particular archetype. So for example, if you think of brands like Hagen Das or Chanel or even my brand, that's the lover archetype. So with the lover archetype, the brand archetype, I have to sorry, I have to take a tangent for a second, is not about you. People make that mistake. They're like, okay, this is about me. No, it's about your audience. And so I know for the lover archetype, their desire is to be desired. That is very different than someone's archetype who is the ruler, and they desire control above all else, and they want to have a dominant personality. If you think of that, the ruler is Rolex, it's Louis Vuitton, it's Mercedes-Benz, it's these kind of brands. They speak to their audiences in completely different ways i'm in a place right now where i'm really exploring my brand archetype and it's completely changed our messaging and so that's the first thing i do is i decide and understand what my brand archetype is so i know very clearly how i'm going to communicate i'd start off telling stories and that's kind of how i started with the Fem guide and what helped me grow People often default to giving advice and they're like, I'm going to create these posts on the six ways you can do this or five things that stops you from X, Y, and Z. But I'd start off on Instagram and on Clubhouse simply just telling stories. And the reason why I say tell stories is because this is often how we connect to people the most. When you think of people who are really magnificent, the people that we admire, I'm pretty sure for anyone, you can think of one story that they told that really resonates with you. And so when I began the Fem Guide, i do the exact same thing I did in the beginning, which is, for example, one day <laughs> I was going on a date to meet this guy and he was running late because he went to the dentist. What? How are you going to leave me? for the dentist. I was like, oh, hell no. Because <laughs> this bar was full of men, by the way. I said to him, I was like, you better not leave me here alone. I'm young. I'm beautiful. I'm not going to be alone for long. And he said, ha, 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 you're so funny. Oh, what? Excuse me, sir? He thought I was joking. I was like, okay, it's time to have some fun. So I walked <laughs> I walked into this bar and I applied all my feminine principles. And within like, Three minutes, these two men decided to sit next to me, even though there were so many empty tables. And I'm going to fast forward through the story. But what ended up happening was they were like, well, we want to take you on a date instead. I was like, I can't. I have this guy who's coming. And the guy was just going later and later. Eventually, he came and the night ended with them shaking his hand and telling him to go home and he left. And then I ended up having the most amazing time with these guys. And one of them actually became a very important mentor of mine. The reason I bring that up is these are the kind of stories I tell. And the reason I tell these kind of stories, and that's what I focus on, is because I broke that into a four-part series. And it was like crack for my audience. Like they were addictive. I took every single little moment from me walking into this room full of men and being kind of nervous because everyone was staring at me and tapping into my feminine confidence and playing Beyonce, oh, I'm single ladies, oh, single ladies, playing that in my head to get my confidence up and not staring at my phone so I could look engaging. I put all of those little principles into these stories. Now, number one, people were just hooked on the mystery. Because every single story, I didn't let, it was kind of like Game of Thrones. I didn't tell them what was happening next. I left them on a cliffhanger. So then my date arrived. Okay, girls in part two is coming next week. And they're like, what cat, how could you leave us there? But the second thing I did was I was teaching them at the same time and speaking to them in a way that they could relate. Because when I say, I was nervous. I was freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh, me too. She's just like me. So I was building a brand that was aspirational and still relatable. So that would be the other thing I do is tell stories. And the third thing I would do, and it's very, very simple. It's something that if you haven't done yet, please, please do this. I'd go online and I'd look at the niche I was in and I'd find a negative article about it. So I was recently interviewed for Refinery29. I didn't know the angle they were going to take. It was kind of anti-femininity movement. But I was the one person, one femininity coach, they didn't have anything negative to say about. However, the overall article was negative. Here's what I do when I have these experiences. I went through that whole article and wrote down every single negative thing that was said. Here's why because that is the objections that my ideal client is having. So when they say, oh, femininity is just about beauty, guess what? My ideal client probably thinks the same thing. So I create content addressing those objections so that my audience is prepped and ready to work with me. That would be the second thing I do.
1: So powerful, Kat. And I love that you Tap into the Netflix binge-worthy uh, <laughs> reality of a cliffhanger. I'm sure a lot of people, including myself, have been watching a show and like, oh no, it didn't. Oh god, now I got to watch the next one. The first thing you you mentioned, I think, I'm sure a lot of light bulbs went off when you said that the very first thing you would do was decide and understand your brand archetype, because fundamentally that's so so critical. And then the last piece that you shared about understanding your niche show well and looking for a negative article and being able to understand the objections before they become objections will allow you to build with intention. And so a follow-up and sort of the mirror of what I just asked is what do you observe others do? And we'll just say in the in the social media world, because I'm sure a lot of people want to understand how to avoid making mistakes on social media. What mistakes are you seeing people make as they build their own community that maybe by listening to you today, they can avoid making those mistakes?
0: Not thinking about how your experience informs the experience of your audience, but also thinking about the experiences that you cannot relate to. So a lot of us are marketing and building our brands. So remember in the beginning, we said it takes six seconds to form a first impression. So imagine someone is coming on your story. The first page they're seeing is going to indicate to them the expectation they should have of your story moving forward and overall your brand. So if you're not thinking about your audience's experience, here's what happens. You post a screenshot or you post that someone's tagged you. Someone lands on your story and they see a picture of a room or sub page with some people's, uh, pictures, some in circles, what the hell is that, what the hell does that mean to them? And you might say, well, Kat, you know, like maybe they want to participate in the room. And why would they go on Instagram stories for that? And so what you're telling your audience is, I'm going to post stuff that wastes your time. And so it always confused me when people would do this because you're setting up this expectation that your stories are not worth paying attention to. We have to take that saying, what's in it for me, and apply it to even the most minute things. So here's the right way. Rather than just taking a screenshot of this room and tagging people, right? Or sharing that tag, share instead something that was a key lesson in that room. And it could be a simple sentence. That gives so much more value than this picture. And I even do this on my Instagram stories. So what is the experience for my audience and why am I doing this? What is in it for them? What do they have to gain?
1: More, please. More. Give us a couple more. So what are a couple other mistakes? I think it's really important that we learn from experiences and we avoid pitfalls. What else stands out?
0: Oh, Billy, since you just said learning from experience, here's what I used to do. I used to create a lot of how-to content, how to be confident, how to pick the right outfit, how to, how to, how to. This is a problem that the majority of people on social media make and here's why because when you create how-to content all you're doing is attracting a diy audience an audience that's going to come to you read the post and go out and do it themselves They're not actually going to hire you because you already told them what to do. (laughs) This is like one of the ones when I learned this, I was like, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. So instead of creating how-to content, we have to create content that does multiple things. So number one, exposes the problem. You see, the people who need to purchase from us, a lot of them don't even realize that they need us. The people already know that they need to hire Billy to do their podcast. That's low-hanging fruit. If we want to reach a large network of people, we have to let people know that they need us in the first place. So, for example, and sometimes this can be a little bit controversial, but that's good because when we polarize people, we attract people who really believe in what we're doing and we repel people who are not interested. So I switched up my content strategy. And, for example, I'm going to see if I can pick an example. Okay, so if you go on my Instagram and you look at the post, you scroll down a little bit, there's a post the secret skills of charming women. I could have made that post how to be charming and told them you need to do x, y, and z, but all that's going to do is someone's going to read that, they're going to save it and they're going to like, yeah, I can do this. I know how to do this. Instead, I said the secret skills of charming women. So, first of all, that sounds more seductive instantly. But in there I'm telling them, okay, so here's what charming women do. They are able to make people feel comfortable around them. They know when to give advice. Confidence is their strongest weapon. I'm exposing all of these things at no point though, and this is a key thing, am I telling them how to actually do it? Because now they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, Kat, I really need to learn how to get people to just open up and pour their hearts to me. But I didn't tell them step-by-step how to do that. And so many times, that's what we actually do. So now that I've told them that they need to learn how to be more open, guess who is going to have the solution? It's me. So at the end of that carousel, I'm going to put a testimonial. I'm going to link in that I have the solution to these problems you only just realized that you had. So moving away from the DIY content is important. And then the other thing is not having enough social proof. So social proof is just big. This is other people proving that you know what you know, that you are good at what you do, and it works. Too often we spend time talking ourselves about why we're amazing, and we don't let other people do the work for us. One of the reasons I have so many testimonials is because I've trained my audience. Whenever you implement my advice and it works for you, let me know, and they know I'm going to share it on my Instagram story. But every single time, if it's a screenshot or even better a recording, I love to get them to send me voice notes because you can fake a screenshot, by the way. You can fake a, tes- a written testimonial, but you cannot fake a voice. Especially if it's a recording, I have people being like, oh, so this really works or someone else is saying it. And that's when they make the purchase. Affirmation is so much more powerful coming from other people than ourselves. So we need to stop relying on just ourselves to promote and actually train our audience to big us up.
1: Oh, I love the way you put that, right? Because the onus is on us to help them help us, right? So train them to be advocates for us, as opposed to us constantly beating the drum ourselves. There's no better form of marketing than word of mouth when others are talking about you. And I so agree that if you give everything away as a how-to, you're leaving them very little That you're going to be able to offer them. So, I'm going to ask one final question here, and it's about confidence because you exude confidence. And I know it hasn't always been that way. Uh, I highlighted that in the intro, which is a fascinating part of your story. And I just got to say, you and I have been working together. We have some projects that we're collaborating on. I'm so, so excited. And I don't throw around this term lightly, but you are a genius. You're a branding genius, you're a writing genius, you're a social (laughs) media genius, like seriously, no joke. But you're also a genius when it comes to understanding how to use confidence in your life and on social media. So how important is confidence? And we're going to tie this back to social media. How important is confidence as it relates to social media? And do you have a framework or something that could help Anyone listening right now who wants to show up with more confidence on social media, what advice do you have for them?
0: Really? Confidence is one of those things that I think too often people think, yeah, I got this. I got this all together. And then when they're tested on it, it actually it exposes that their confidence isn't that high. And I was one of those people. In the beginning, I was super insecure and I knew I wasn't confident. I started working on my confidence a little and I thought, oh, I have this all together. And in the smallest moments I'd be tested and it turned out like my confidence wasn't that strong. So when it comes to confidence in social media, it's important to understand that confidence exists on three levels. So it exists on an external level, which is your ability to look at someone on Instagram stories and say, oh, that person looks confident. But we can look at someone on the outside and they look confident, right? And then they open their mouth. You're like, oh, I'm no bad that." That person's not very confident at all, right? So there's another part to confidence. And this is about your lifestyle. So we have external things that happens in our life that brings us confidence on the inside. And I'm going to talk about how that relates to um, social media in a second. And then the last one is internal confidence. By the way, when it comes to the external lifestyle, we often look at people on social media. They show up with the right body language and with the right voice, and they have the most beautiful lifestyles. They're traveling. They are in these great social circles. And we think, oh my gosh, they have it all together. But the truth is they don't. We can think of many people, celebrities are a perfect example who we think they have it all, but they still go into depression or they still disappear off the face of the earth which means that something is lacking and the thing that's lacking is internal confidence so that's the confidence that's deep down on the inside the one that no one can take away from you so when it comes to marketing your internal confidence it can fault you in for example you believing that your message isn't worth sharing or you looking at someone who is performing really well on social media in your niche and you start to doubt yourself. Do people even wanna hear what I have to say? What if I write my advice and, and people don't listen? You have to have a high belief in what you have to offer this world and what the world has to offer you back. This is the genesis when it comes to confidence on social media. You have to truly believe that whatever message you have is worth sharing and that in return the world will give you the clients it will give you the revenue it will give you the customers when you share the value that you have so the question is and then how does the lifestyle piece relate to this well this is about not putting all your eggs in one basket if you take someone who is super successful let's say they're a model right and they place all their confidence on their external beauty, how they look. Do you know that can affect them on social media without you even realizing it? I know this because I've experienced this because then you start to have moments where you have an amazing message to share, but because you don't look perfect in that moment, you don't show up. I had a time I met up with someone really important recently and we took pictures, etc. and it was something that my audience could really gain from about networking and I didn't want to share the pictures because I just thought oh I look like an octopus or something today like this is not cute and I really really didn't want to show up it was actually my um, consultant who was like no you need to post this I posted it and got over that fear of like oh my gosh I have to just rely on my beauty and it is now one of my most liked posts on my personal page and all comments underneath are like, oh my gosh, you're gorgeous, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, I was thinking girls over here looking like an Oompa Loompa, right? So (laughs) the reason why this affects is related to our lifestyle is that it's important for us to not place our confidence on social media just in one area. So for the girl who's pretty, it's about not Placing all your confidence on your beauty, because you can be confident in the fact that you have an amazing message to share, or you can be confident in the fact that you have an amazing network of friends who's going to support you. You can be confident in the fact that when you know a different language, etc. Right? And for someone else, it could look like you taking all your confidence on your engagement. So you post a post promoting your courses, and it only gets five comments this is me my post where i'm just like by my course only gets five comments and it could be very easy for me to be like i have fifty thousand women and only five women commented this means this post is crap um no you need to stop that because when i pull myself back and i speak to my accountant turns out those posts bring me the most money so people aren't commenting but they're spending the money. They're putting money in my bank account. But if you focus so much on the vanity metrics and you let all your confidence come from engagement, you're not going to show up. Now, the external piece is really important. Remember my six second reference, six seconds to form a first impression? It comes up on how we show up on video. You have to show up feeling confident. You want to talk about how everyone should hire you as a business coach and you show up with your shoulders and you're like, hey everyone, I just want to talk about reasons why you're not making revenue in your business. People are like, I don't want to be like him, right? That's not captivating. So the first second that you turn on that camera, you have to communicate like you are, everything you touch is gold. You like, almost like, um, <laughs> like just with pure excitement. Because what energy we have inside is going to exude out. It's called spontaneous state transference. So you have to show up with confidence. You have to show up with a big smile on your face and you have to speak in a way that you believe people should listen. And through that, that's where the doors open, where they actually listen. And then you communicate how awesome you are.
1: Fire, pure fire. So good. And I love that you bring the internal to the external and they are so critical and and the excitement that does exude people feel that I want to open it up. I think we have time for maybe one or two questions.
0: This is actually something I, I speak a lot in my space. Remember how I mentioned I had that interview and I was the only one who didn't, they didn't say anything negative about within the femininity coaching space. It's important for us to talk about the bad sides of what we do, the potential pitfalls and to approach everything we're doing with authenticity. When it comes to being confident and charismatic and seductive, etc., you have to back that up with competence. Like competence is key. There are people out here who use these same techniques and they're like a shiny barrel, but it's like oftentimes the empty barrels make the most noise. So growing as a professional, having quality, having values, integrity, is so key in what you do and i feel like the majority of people who are listening are probably going to fall into that category so i want to talk about something slightly different which is how important it is for us to also let people know where others are going wrong if you're listening to a femininity coach and they tell you as a woman that you should run away from masculine energy do not hire them Because they know nothing, absolutely nothing about how feminine energy actually works. So when I talk about that without actually calling anyone out because I'm not that kind of girl, I show up with integrity and I show up and educate my audience to be better consumers because I can't educate that person to be a better person but I can educate my audience to make the right decisions. So I'm constantly talking about the red flags, the things to watch out for, because I know within myself, I have the competence. So if you're kind of feeling unsure if you have competence, that probably means that you're someone who needs to go out and, and do some more work, get more experience, maybe get training in the space that you're in, get a mentor so that your competence and your confidence match up.
1: I'm glad you brought up the word confidence because I, I want to thank you for all that you shared today. I know you have a course on confidence called The Art of Confidence. Obviously, we talked a little bit about The Fem Guide. You have your uh, Instagram page and in account with tons and tons of knowledge, but also the ThimGuide.com. But Kat, where can they find The Art of Confidence? Where can they find that course?
0: Yes, you can actually find the Art of Confidence by clicking the link in my Instagram bio. I have other courses as well and I do coaching. So whatever you're interested in, the easiest thing to do would just be sliding my DMs and I'd be happy to point you in the right direction. And all of that information is on the link in my bio of the Fem Guide Instagram.
1: So let's blow Kat up. Let's send her a ton of DMs and make sure if you're not following her, click on her beautiful face and then hit follow cat legendary as always. So, so grateful to you for sharing your wisdom today. And I'm confident (laughs) keyword confident that others got immense value from everything that you shared. So can't wait for more sessions like this today. We learned so much. Well, thank you everyone. And we'll see you on the next one. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside Out. I hope you took away some valuable insights that will help you in business and in life. Breakthrough moment may happen when you least expect it. Inside out.